0: Alright, roll for initiative. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a road again.
1: take top live mushroom, everything in between. The only way I win is
0: to have fun with my friends. I'm on the road again. take top live mushroom, everything in between. Alright, welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. And our hosts
2: tonight are Ryan the curmudgeon, Carrie yeah. the legend, and Jason, the one who doesn't have anything special to
0: say tonight because it's really late. Gosh! So we have some NPCs, some non-podcasting characters, who help make this show possible. These are folks who back us on our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Podcast, And if, you, if you'd if you like a shout-out, you can uh, help us keep the show on the air. So Carrie, why don't you tell us... Uh, who some of our NPCs are tonight.
3: Alright, we're gonna real quickly go through them all, because as Jason said, it is late. Also,
0: so, and and the dogs, uh Trixie the Memory Hound yay, and, they, and they, her they, sister Rolo are being real clickety-clacky tonight. They are very I, I predict very, that they're gonna be a have a starring role.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Alright, so we have Joel Eastland. Ooh. We have Noah
0: Coltrip. Oh we have Drew Stevens. Ah. We have Ryan Galeato, ah. we have Ryan Martin. Yeah. There's Ooh. also there is someone else. That uh, we're not going to name drop because Ethan Skemp once told me that name dropping was <gasps> not okay. Okay.
3: And then finally, we have Sarah. Sarah! Sarah!
0: All right. Well, again, if you'd like a shout out, you can get one uh, by going to patreon.com slash onroll podcast and uh, becoming a patron of the show. And if you become a patron of the show, you can also uh, get discounts on Carrie's art. And uh, we'll be a, we're about to send out a postcard for the, a new season postcard. Uh, is about to go out, and so, uh, there's lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Good times. Mm, yeah, it's been a while. We didn't really do this last at, on our last show. So, uh, Jason, what have you been up to? Oh. In, in the eight in the years of COVID since we last met. So, uh, let's see. When, I wait. I'm supposed to say that when last we left our intrepid adventurers. Yeah, that's, we... that's how long it's been. Yeah. we
3: are completely out of practice. When last right? we
0: left our intrepid adventurers, I had some idea of what to say. Yeah, yeah. Jason, what have you minute. been up to? What have I been up to? Uh, let's see, girl, because... what you done? <laughs> what you been done doing?
2: At the beginning, we were like, we're going to do this really quick. And then Ryan starts cracking wise. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're just saying. Uh, So uh, to make it quick, basically all the same stuff as I'm always doing. Working too much and struggling with creativity because I'm tired and lots of, you know stress in my life
0: you have you have changed jobs
2: yes i went to work for a different company doing basically the same job but you're not working at the nuclear reactors i'm no longer working at a nuclear reactor and building scaffolds you've you've lost that glow i have lost that glow yep and that extra tva weight everybody works for tva you gain 10 pounds it's Mm. a law Mm. well there you go it's like going to college it is like going to college that's why people who go to college and then work for TVA, they gain like 50 pounds. Oh, no. It's a problem. It's a problem. Fair. There's something they put in rolly chairs that makes your ass get gigantic. Yeah, it's your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
0: it. That's part of it. <laughs> I
2: gained all of my weight because I worked an office job, and it was right next to a convenience store. So every two hours when I would get sleepy, I would buy a candy bar and a Coke. Right. And you just can't eat 4,000 calories while at work and then go home and eat a full dinner. Fair enough. Generally
3: not.
2: Carrie, yeah. what have you been doing?
3: Uh well I've been doing lots of art Ooh. I just finished up my set of wear flamingos oh, oh that's
2: right that's so cool I I love
3: those it's they're so ridiculous I love it so much you've done a bunch of art shows lately um, too haven't and I you? yeah I've been doing lots of art shows um some of them were outside some of them uh Mother Nature decided she was gonna judge my art I'm not a big fan of um, her
2: she's yeah. only Ooh. ever. Done, done bad, so,
3: so, day. myself and my tent mate ended up holding onto the tent as it tried to blow away. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and hmm. um tent next to us had
2: glass. Yikes. Is that the one who lost all of his statues? No, he
3: actually only lost, like, he broke, like, one glass straw. So, he's he, very he lucky. He lucked out.
2: Oh, is that uh, why you have a glass straw now?
3: I do. idea. Yeah.
2: I wondered what the deal with that was. It's, it's super fun. I like it. it
3: but, um, but yeah, like the, someone that was like three tenths down from me, he lost like $2,000
2: worth of sculpture. That's amazing. Yeah. How terrible. Yeah,
3: it, it was. It was really rough. And, like, it, the, the way it was raining, like, the rivet of, of water, the stream of water off the tent was rolling directly down to me. <laughs> and so, like, it ended up filling my shoe. Oh, I— and I've been there. It's yeah, it's fun. like I'm and like and everyone's going, oh no, Carrie! Yeah, so just I just like, barefoot. I was but the, Yeah, I was just like, it's fine. I'm Yikes! Okay. Um, so like that's been really uh, good because I'm doing shows. Bad because I lost. Got wet. I got very wet <laughs> and, and I lost some artwork for that. Let's see. On the gaming side, uh, I've been. I'm still running my mush. The Adventure's Adventure, Not Wanted. Adventure's yeah. Not Wanted. It's doing pretty well. Um, we've been putting more artwork up on the wiki. That's and cool. We created a whole new, it's like a porcupine hedge hog creature that shoots spines at people and it turns your hair color if it nice. stabs you or okay, it, i like that or you die oh that makes me times. think of like an
2: avatar the last airbender it uh, is a little bit yeah like kind of
3: ridiculous but it's super fun and yeah we put it up on the wiki and didn't say anything and then somebody used it in a scene like they showed up with purple hair and they're like man
2: <laughs> oh good
3: Spine. Yeah, so that that was super fun. Um, and then the other game that I play in is closing. Oh, so anyway, what have you been up to, Ryan?
0: I've been working my butt off on on the gumball. We what? are nearing being done. We should interview about that. I you. think that we should do that tonight. To, oh, I don't know yeah. if we have time. So the gumbelt, belt is uh, the the writing is is very very near to being complete. We are uh, interviewing artists and preparing to kickstart. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we've we've built a booth for it yeah. to <laughs> take to conventions. Jason helped. <laughs> that uh, was a lot of fun. It is uh, That's our it new is business. a saloon bar, and uh, it's pretty awesome. And we'll have to share a picture of it because it's fun. Maybe maybe
3: we can use that as the the picture on the, uh, for tonight's.
0: Yeah. For tonight's yeah, yeah, yeah and then, uh, um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're getting excited and it's, uh, a little scary and it's mm-hmm. about to get really busy. And so one of the things we wanted to do was tonight, we thought, well, we've never actually done this. So we brought on, we're bringing Ashley, who is my, uh, my creative partner in, uh, in making the gum belt And, Uh, Ashley is going to be here with us, with me, and you two are going to interview us about about the gun belt. So it'll be kind (laughs) of (laughs) fun. All right, let's go to combat rounds. Woo!
2: All right, welcome to combat rounds. Woo!
3: Welcome to Combat Rounds. <laughs> Hi Ryan. Hi Ashley.
0: Hi. Welcome hey to the
3: podcast. Thanks.
0: It is such an honor to have been asked to be here. <laughs> uh-huh. So Ashley,
2: tell us something about yourself, <laughs> because like un- unlike the rest of them, I just know you like like through them, and I- I'm not like, sure. Uh, like, I don't have Ashley lore.
1: Yeah. So um, I uh, started kind of late. I like gaming. Gaming was always uh, was always something that I was uh, like aware of and around. Uh, but I also grew up in the South during the Satanic Panic. So mm-hmm. it was also something that uh that like Dungeons and Dragons was was kind of uh taboo. The uh, devil's game. Yeah. So I'm uh, not
0: old enough to have experienced <clears throat> the Satanic Panic. Yes you are. <laughs>
1: okay. To continue. Uh so uh, so I was like I was like watching the D cartoon and stuff like that, but my Which dad was amazing. Uh my dad had this uh just or my parents, not just my dad. They were just like, Yeah, it's fine, just don't like Dungeons and Dragons. So when I got into to uh, like uh, junior high, there was uh, there were a bunch of uh, kids playing the Star Wars game, West End Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my first gaming experience, and I, I loved it. I bought a uh, like through that. I would like pick up games, I'd, like uh, go to McKay's and the in the early days or early days for me and i, I had a copy of gurps second edition oh, yeah. that i i held on to for years i never played it until like fourth edition <laughs> um, fourth edition that was that destroyed me when i, I, I laughed
0: because gurps is like the game that everybody owned a copy, owned a copy of a never But played. never
1: played it um uh but then when I was in college one night we went uh, cuz I was in Knoxville and there's a McKay's in Knoxville too and they had a copy of the 3 uh, 3.0 edition of the basic box set uh for for Dungeons and Dragons Wizards of the Coast bottom and they went to 3 uh third edition and uh I bought that and it just kind of never stopped like at that <laughs> point uh that 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 started many things for me it started my obsession with uh with box sets which happens to be just I have too many of them. Right, I, so I love a game in a box.
3: I, I know something about Ashley, so I have to ask this. What's is it your box what's, related? What is the best one you have?
1: I have a white box, uh, signed by Gary Gygax. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, that's cool. So that's my in terms of like collecting in the in the like collecting world of D D&D, D&D and D or D and D and role playing games in general, uh that's my
2: Yeah. No. Absolutely. You should bring it over and we'll play. (laughs)
1: Um, I mean, I have another copy too. No, it's not the same. He's
2: he's got one copy
0: not signed. One copy (laughs) not signed. Obviously, that one's better. What's really fun? So here's the thing that because I've I've seen it. And uh, I've not seen the one signed. I've seen the other one. Wow. So we don't like, know that it, he actually right? he has it. Yeah, There's like this whole thing where they, they vet um, your background. Hey, Trixie. You have, Hi, Trixie. Wear, you have to wear gloves. <laughs> like, it's a whole thing to look at it. But yeah, right? anyway, uh, um, I've seen the other the other one that's not signed. And it's <clears> funny because it all looks like uh, it was all printed on a typewriter.
2: <laughs>
1: it might have been. And yeah. it
0: probably was. <laughs> like, it's all courier. And <clears> it's, well, that uh, was
1: the ones I have her fifth printing. I know. Fifth or sixth printing, so by but then, that was
0: still only like their seventh month of production. Uh, no, that
1: that didn't <laughs> come out until nineteen seventy eight. So they were actually already producing uh, the Holmes box set. Uh, they were producing the, I think maybe it may have even been seventy nine. Uh, they were producing uh, the AD and D Player's Handbook. So they were like just they were all these like crossing over pieces that right. were being produced while other games took their place. But they were still producing like collector's editions. And so the copies I have are later printings. Does it
0: it hurt to be such a nerd? Yes. to know those
2: things?
1: Yes, sometimes. Episode
0: 32 of Dungeons & Dragons. So let
1: me ask you this. (laughs) Have you ever played your White white Box Edition? I have used house rules from White Box in a Moldvay basic D&D game. Okay, okay. Uh, But I've never actually played pure White Box.
2: So what are you playing right now?
1: Uh I'm not playing anything. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. It's like
2: it's, it's every like, person is like,
1: I love games. I read them constantly. Also,
2: I haven't played in two years. Well what's well, the last thing No, but I do, do. I mean do I, I do play, um, play. I
1: I play uh, I mean Dungeons and Dragons tends to be what I play the most, which is unfortunate because I have all of these games that I'd love to No, that's not true. Kids on bikes. Kids, Kids on, on bikes. bikes. You, um, you certainly post enough about it on Facebook. Yeah, I do love uh, Kids on Bikes. That's, that's probably uh, my kind of go-to game right now.
3: Okay. Actually, I think a better question is, what's the last game you bought?
1: Yeah, uh, I think the G.I. Joe RPG. Oh. Uh, which I heard came that out it's actually pretty good. Renegade games, yeah. Um, I have this because they're, they're doing a Transformer game also, and it's kind of the same system. Ryan. And I, I, I've played the Transformer game. I played it at Gen Con last year. And
0: that was where you got COVID and gave it to I everyone in I didn't get Southwest COVID. <laughs> I <It> did not <laughs> get it. Oh. Uh,
1: so I, I, played, I played that one. And what I really want to do is do like a, a buddy game with like a, a G.I. Joe and, and a Transformer, uh, like just like a complex. G.I. Joe riding in a, riding in a dune buggy Transformer, riding across the countryside, uh, solving crimes. Okay, I think that'd be that's amazing. I really want to play that game. I that game. I want to run that game. I have too many games. I, no such thing. I, I am a collector, like in my soul. Uh, the other thing I do is I run a toy and comic show, right? Also with Ryan. Um, so we may be married. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Um, so uh, we share a lot so, of finances. So I, like col- too. I collect. Uh, I collect. Just I collect toys and things like that. And then it just kind of like I. The next step for me was to like start collecting role-playing games. So, uh, and I know a lot of people are like, I hate collectors. But I, I love the games. I love playing the games. I just also have a problem.
2: <laughs> okay, so let me ask you a question. Since you are, are you, a game designer now, since you've designed a game, how do you feel like that growing up in the South and being affected by the uh, Satanic Panic and your late introduction to the game has affected your design uh,
1: uh, thoughts? I don't know if that has much at all uh, in terms of, like, how I grew up. I will say that kind of as I was – I got into games in the early – I got really into games. I was I was playing games before this, but I got really into games in the early 2000s, and I kind of came up uh, – there was a, a website uh, called RPG.net, yeah. uh, which is where I would just, like, read reviews, and I would get on the forums, and I would just see what games were, were being played – and uh that kind of evolved into while i wasn't involved in it i was kind of adjacent to like what was happening at the forge mm-hmm. uh and then like after the forge you have uh the power by the apocalypse stuff and then i took a break um uh, kind of a, a break from gaming from around 2010 to 2016 mm-hmm. and uh the reason i kind of jumped back in was i got a new job i work in education and i wanted to start embedding game theory into Uh, Teaching theory Okay So that's kind of Like how I jumped back in And when I jumped back in It had really progressed And I started reading about Power by the Apocalypse And uh, finding out All of these things in this like new way to play So I would I I guess instead of saying How Like growing up A particular way or, Or getting into games At a certain time Influenced me I think I was influenced By kind of when I got back into it Okay <clears throat> just because of what was going on from... Because I kind of left in 2010. I say left. I was all, I was still buying stuff. <laughs> I, just, I just wasn't paying a lot of attention. So sure. like I bought... like I think 5th uh, Edition came out during that time. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get that. I'll put it in the stack uh, or whatever. <laughs> when I came back, it had the landscape. And just those six years or so, the landscape changed so much and really moved towards a more narrative style. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really really kind of grasped onto is this idea of like telling stories almost over gameplay to some extent where that story and and how like what you do and uh, like players having a lot of power in the game and they're not just rolling a dice and oh I I pass or I succeed or I fail but it's I succeed or I don't succeed tell me how you don't succeed
2: right I think what's interesting about that style of play is that older games tend to focus on the character and and Talk about the things that the character can and cannot do with these newer games, especially powered by the apocalypse and things like that. They are really more about what you as the player, not your character. Like I am telling a story through my character. My character isn't doing things. I am telling a story with my character as part of that story.
1: Yeah, I think think a lot of that comes from the really old school kind of play. Because in those early days, uh, you had the idea of uh, like you don't have a skill that says search for traps, right? Like, you have to, the player has to say, I search this room. Okay, how do you search for it? I look at the floor. What do I see? Like, and so yeah. I think that's kind of this going back to that, mm-hmm. that old, 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 the early style of play. But I think, I think it did morph into this, like, success and failure. The dice runs the game. Uh, you know, the, there's this idea of, like, oh, no, I, I don't roll behind a screen. I roll out in the open. Like, you're going to see exactly how I kill you. And like, you're going to know I'm not cheating you or whatever. <laughs>
0: So are you a, a storyteller screen proponent or a storyteller screen opponent? It
1: just depends on the kind of game I want to play.
0: Yeah, that's like,
1: fair. Here's the thing. You can buy a screen, so I have them. Uh, <laughs> I <can follow> them.
2: <laughs> so I recently ran a really dark like survival thing, and I rolled everything in front of the players <clears throat> because I wanted them to feel like random chance was right. just as important as their story. And I, I, I totally agree with you there. It's, it's according to the game. So we... Well, hold on, hold on. I have a question. Yes. Is the gun
3: belt going to have a screen? Oh, that's a
2: good question. I know, Thanks. I
3: came question. up with it myself. Did you? <laughs> so- <laughs> I thought
2: that was one of the ones Ryan wrote for no, us. No, Ryan
3: did not write any for me. Because he's a well, lazy husband. Dude. I kind of...
0: Uh, Tell me uh, about it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I like screens because they. I feel like they give a sense of... This is going to sound really pompous, but like they give the, the storyteller a sense of authority. Right? Like if there's a... It uh, it's a different posture than what players have at right. the table. So, like,
2: it You don't does, use player screens?
0: It yeah, there right. were <laughs> player
2: screens <laughs> back in the were day. Were
0: there really?
1: Yeah. Do you I, own them? No. So I they, were, have for so no, they the, were for sale. Did you ever see for
2: sale? Did you ever see the hackmaster set of player screens? Isn't it the one that has the door and
1: yes. you throw the you dice? Roll through
2: the di- the door? You roll the dice you push the dice through the door and <laughs> I
0: roll a seven. <laughs> That's funny. So in that respect, like I like them. I also like them because and, and some of this I think comes from the LARP storytelling days, but like I think sometimes uh as a storyteller when we're running games, we want the story to go in a certain way because that will be what is the most fun for everyone involved. And so I feel like uh you know, there are a lot of people who have the sentiment that that storytellers and dungeon masters like they're they're not able to cheat. They don't cheat. They
2: you know, I totally agree with that. And, you can't and, cheat if you're unless it's you know, most of the time.
0: Right. And so it's like called so fudging. Right. You're fudging the dice. Yeah. I don't intentionally like lie about what the dice rolled to make somebody fail, but there are certainly occasions <clears throat> where you know, you need the villain to get away, you know. Or you, more
3: importantly, I need for this character to not die here. Right. right.
0: You know, and sometimes it's uh, I'm OK with the player's character getting horribly injured, but I need, I'd like them to not die here. Yeah. And and I just, you know, rolled a death blow. And so, like, I, I like I like having that little bit. of It's not something that I do on every die roll. But once in a while, it matters. And when it matters, I like to have the option to to sure. adjust for fun.
1: <clears throat> the value of the screen, because I've had a screen, to kind of answer your question, mm-hmm. I've had a screen before where I've had the screen up, but I have it to the side. Sure. Because I'm using it for the resources, right? I was just going to say, like, for actually charts, having the, the, charts te- the charts and tables. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily using it to keep the players from seeing what I roll.
2: This is why I only um, run for new players, because I can just tell <clears> them whatever it is. Right. Oh, yeah, that means you're. Uh, I mean, unconscious, your buddy. your but I mean, story. I,
1: I mean, I've used it. I was playing years ago. I was playing a star Wars game, uh, the 20 star Wars game I think saga edition. Uh, and I was just using the screen to do my initiative tracking.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, not I just bad. would
1: track it up there at the top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I think there's value in a screen, especially, especially when there's a lot of charts and things. And I don't know if the gun
0: belt really the needs The beauty of the of gun that. belt is that we don't have a lot of charts and things.
2: Mm. Well, I thought you were using Thacko. Damn, I've been reading
0: really- them. Yeah, all this, yeah. Time. all this time. I kept fighting. You <laughs> kept fighting for it, yeah, Thaco. of course.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, obviously we've all heard your gaming history several times. Is there anything <laughs> in particular you'd like to, uh, say, lent itself well, to creating the gun belt? No. Okay, okay. thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next question.
2: Well,
3: hold <laughs> I have a question, and it, it's for both of you. Uh-oh. Besides the gun belt, have <clears throat> you been involved in any other role-playing games in the creation of... Role play any role-playing games or books or helped or anything like that, or is this your first?
0: I have spent a lot of time writing rules. Uh, both, you know, I spent <coughs> a, a lot of years in the LARP community in uh, underground theater and uh, uh, the Gru Nation, where like one of my main one of the main things I was resourced <coughs> for was to write write bylaws, write house rules, write you know a- adapt tabletop rules for for LARP. And so, like, I have a huge amount of history and experience with, like... Translating? Translating. And also, I mean, believe it or not, there's also an element of of game balancing to that. I know that we've all got, like, (laughs) different... The whole argument of game balance uh, matters or doesn't matter, depending upon the system. And in LARP, in a White Wolf game, it does matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, and it's not that, like, powers can't be more powerful than other powers, but there is... uh, there's a point with vampire powers and things. The the nature of the powers they can become unbalanced, and so you're really balancing them amongst the game, not balancing them for equality across across the board. Right?
2: Right. But you have been published for that very skill. And I've
0: been published for that very skill, like twice. Even. <clears throat> oh, I didn't know. T- two twice? whole times. Two whole times. Yeah.
2: So the one for werewolf. Uh, right? There
0: was well, there someone did uh, um, a clan book, Samedi, on drive-through storytellers. Okay. And then also, uh, I did the. Um, the LARP write ups for the powers that were written for uh, the Vampire Wild West book, and that's, that's right. also on on Drive. I didn't know adventures.
2: about the Zemedy one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Ashley.
1: Yeah, uh, I have had some art published in a, uh, a Doctor Who book.
0: <laughs> that's uh, awesome.
1: Uh, and, and was I've, it of Doctor Who?
0: Who's your favorite Doctor?
1: Uh, the one that f- is in the TARDIS and has companions. Yeah, that's fair. Um, there is uh, there's
0: only one Doctor. Peter Cushing. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I also wrote an an article for a Doctor Who book. Um, but uh, in terms of game design, it's something I've always done. Like if 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 Ryan went back into his Facebook messages, the first Facebook message I ever sent him when I didn't know him very well, but I wanted to. Uh, I was like I was playing with this game mechanic idea, and I knew he was in the games. So I sent him this thing, and he never responded to
2: it. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Um, so Message
1: uh, Carrie. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> this was before I knew Carrie. I mean, this was back in, <laughs> this would have been in like 2010 or something. I mean, if you go back to, and I, I looked at, at it a while back, and it was probably a horrible game mechanic. I don't even remember what game mechanic it was. I think it had to do with like a... Uh, where magic existed in a pool. Like, you had a bowl of dice in the middle, and you had to pull you had a finite amount of magic in yeah. an area, and you had to, like, grab the dice. Like, There's a Dresden LARP that runs like that. <clears throat> so well, so it was like hungry,
2: hungry hippos?
1: But uh, well, I mean, there were other mechanics, too, but if you wanted to do magic... <laughs> If you wanted to get, gain magic, there was a finite amount of like mana uh, yeah. in the area. But
0: that came so. around and kind of ended up being <clears throat> the bullet point system. In, uh, to Halo. an
1: extent, yeah, in a way, it did. So, so you know
2: I actually so know I did read that. That's their magic system. Every every at the beginning of every game, all the wizards have to go get water out of this big bucket, and if, that's how you have your mana. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And if they're the bucket's empty, sorry.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> you know that. I think that was the one I sent. There was also one with cards. I, I'm always, at least back then, I was always coming up with mechanics. So I've never, I've never written a game because I'm actually really bad at like taking those mechanics and putting them on paper. That's actually where Ryan and I work really well together because I can sit there and like dictate mechanics or be like, I think it should work this way. Mm-hmm. Let's test this out, and he'll say, Well, how does that work out? How do we write that? How do we let other people know that's the way it works? Right. You just and, go to their house and explain
0: it. And, <laughs> and how does that interact with everything else we've already come sure, up with?
1: Sure, sure. Right. Uh, I tend to be a pretty high-level like idea person. Quick, come up with a mechanic right now. Hungry, uh, hungry hippo. <laughs> oh,
3: we've already done that one. <laughs> I'm just saying. But well, that's my next I'll game. share.
2: I'll share it with you, Ashley. Hmm?
0: Well, I bet Ryan can.
2: Ryan, quick.
0: I think, what if you rolled 2d6 and then took those two numbers and added it to the number of skill and attribute on your sheet and then looked to see if you beat the target number of 13?
3: Wait a minute, I Is need it, a calculator.
2: It, oh. oh, you're playing what? Marvel. Ah! Ah! So tell us about Gunbound. What was the initial moment? Like what? What were y'all discussing? Like we're, how did it come from? I, I imagine from? the two of you were eating burritos. At, oh, I was going to say no, last before and,
3: that. Oh, okay. But, but like, I just imagine the meatball two of you meatball sandwiches, meatball, mm-hmm. sandwiches. meatball there sandwiches. There we go. Sandwiches at Quiznos, and you were just sitting there, and then like some, one of you looked up and locked eyes with the other one, and was like, dinosaurs, robots. Well, <laughs> wait.
0: So some of it came from uh, just a general discussion of like. How have we both played games for so long and never, never made one? Not right. necessarily even together. It was just a conversation of just like, okay, yeah. I, I have a, a ton of creativity. I write. I play games. I've done gaming for, you know, 30 years. How, <clears throat> how, is, how is that, has it just not ever come up?
2: So that was 10 years ago, right?
1: Or does it just feel like 10 years ago? <laughs> it just feels, <laughs> feels like
0: it. It's been like four. We've been okay. about hey, you
1: years. know what? That just means it's going to be right. So, well, I think in, in the same... And I think I what I... When we were having that conversation, it was... I'd really love to see like a, a really fun like space western sure. game.
0: You specifically
1: um, said Brave Star. Brave Star. Brave Star is my oh, inspiration for this <laughs> entire game. Everything about this is... Like, I... I was like, I really would love to make a Brave Star game. <laughs> um, and when in doubt, I go back to Brave Star. And, and
0: I wanted to make something that uh, I felt like if I was going to make a game, I wanted to make a game that I could play with my kid. Okay. And she was obsessed with dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Alien and Robot Cowboys is Brave Star. And then Riding Dinosaurs uh, is Dakota Star. Is Dakota. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, the element that doesn't normally enter into the pitch, but does exist is that it's an interstellar world without wheels because everything floats. And that's sort of magnet punk.
2: I like I, that's one about. of the more clever
0: things. And, and the magnet punk element kind of just developed organically from combining dinosaurs and brave stars. And, and mm-hmm. you were like, yeah. what does this need to be floating?
1: And I, I think one of the things as we were developing that we were, uh, Moving between restaurants at lunch, uh, it was like <laughs> so you'd eat
2: lunch
3: at Quiz one restaurant, flowed. then walk well, we across the, the street.
1: Sometimes we'd be at Fazoli's and we'd be at different places. Like I think when you're designing something with different people, you're thinking of the way the way it is. And so when I was thinking space space western, I was thinking like laser guns in space, sure, right? sure. But like Ryan's like no we, no lasers, like we don't want to do that. We don't want to everybody help. Does Like that. We want to do that. So and I I think ultimately that was the right call. It's just finding that balance was the the piece that was
0: without finding that balance without ending up just making <coughs> making uh, Star Wars or Firefly Firefly. Yes. Yeah. I could want to say serenity. Um, because I had serenity on my <laughs> on my tongue but it wasn't serenity. For, for, well,
1: the, it also is. But serenity. it
0: is serenity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Firefly. For for
1: the most part, and I think that's what makes the game unique is because it is planet bound mm-hmm. mostly, not not a hundred percent, but mostly you don't have interstellar travel, and we have one. We have one way off interstellar of, travel, right? Way. Uh, the but there, there's not spaceships running around, and you're not doing all of that. We just wanted to, we wanted to take Western tropes and put it into a role playing game, and kind of have control over the setting, mm-hmm. and in that way.
0: In fact, that was one of our early rules: was nothing can <coughs> fly. It can float, but it can't fly.
2: Except the birds. Except
0: animals. Yeah,
2: except animals. So I really like your system. It's very straightforward and simple, but in a good way. Uh, and obviously we were discussing it before. The 2.6, add your attribute and skill, and try to get a 13. Right. Where, where does that originate from? Because I know y'all went back and forth a lot yeah. on what your core mechanics was so going to be. So when
0: we first started, we, we our initial plan was to not reinvent a wheel. Right. Right. Like we actually thought, OK, what are the open game licenses and which of them? Uh, there's a there's an element of design theory that really talks and I won't get into it, but it really speaks to this idea that like your game system should feel right for <clears throat> the game you're playing. Absolutely. Right? And so and that's most easily explained by how people cringed when their level 13 stormtrooper would attack their level six Jedi and have to roll Thacko in, yeah. <laughs> in uh, the right. Star Wars D20 system from, from any... It was Sagas, right? Was that Sagas? It was,
1: it was Saga, but but it was the wasn't... A, it also. There was like three editions. But it wasn't it. Thaco It was yeah. just a Sydney armor
0: class. Yeah, so, Dear yeah. Lord. So... <laughs> Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> I, right. I actually liked the T- 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 D20 T- T- Star Wars well, game. But it was still armor class. Though. I
2: understand yes. what you're talking about, though. But the
0: point is though, nothing about that felt like Star Wars. Sure. It just doesn't feel like Star Wars. And so <clears throat> um so that was kind of like that's kind of the really big, easy, easy example of it. And so so for us, we had to find we were looking for an open game license that would feel like a, a Western that had some sci-fi elements to it that would be fast and simple Or we could oh, and incorporate
1: deadly. them into it.
2: And, you know, and that makes a lot of sense. It's the only thing that got me over the hump to make Devil Dust Island is by being able to just adapt something already existed. Right. So I didn't have to write a whole bunch of stuff and invent the wheel.
0: Yeah, and so the truth is, our very the very first one that we looked at was the old Westing Games D6 system that they used for Star Wars. Uh, because it's pretty simple. It's roll dice. You've got, you know, in that one... Your dice are determined by your skill and your attribute, right The number of dice you're rolling is determined by that. Uh, and that system has become uh, open game licensing. Zoro um, was
1: made on that system, the Zoro game.
0: Yes and so so it exists and so we experimented with that a little bit and in the end it was it still felt a little crunchy and we worried about you know one of the problems with that system is that when characters get to a certain size, they're rolling 30 dice, and that's always been that was always an issue even when it was you know Star Wars. Um, and then we started looking at Fate, uh, because then we thought, well, let's just go the other direction with it, and let's just... And Fate would not have been a terrible fit. I, I don't think it would have been a terrible fit, but I think it could have overcomplicated the game. Because the, the interesting thing about Fate is that in an attempt to make a game completely without crunch, it's really complicated.
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, and, and, you know, something that I was talking to people about Fate who play it all the time, and they're like, hey, unlike, say, D&D, you have to get good at Fate. Mm-hmm. Like you can just mm-hmm. play D anD D, but right. you have to understand the fundamentals of fate, and they're totally different. Because everybody has do. to
0: be making cards, yeah,
2: yeah. And everybody's something-
0: everybody's got to be thinking, what can I do that could get me a card, yeah, and how how can I use that card once I get it? And mm-hmm. there, so there's like, yeah, and so and it's, it's, it's not a
2: bad system. It's just it is more complicated than it looks.
0: It is uh, it is the barrier of entry is high. Mm-hmm. It, it's a high learn. Um,
2: somebody told me it's like chess. I can teach somebody to play chess in like fifteen minutes. And they'll have a great time, and then they'll hate it for like three years, <clears throat> and then they'll learn it for real and love it again.
0: Right. And then, and then we kind of we explored a little bit of Power by the Apocalypse, uh, and then at some point, um, Ashley was just like, you know, my favorite thing in the whole universe is to come up with new game mechanics. So let's just so do that. Let me just try, and uh, and you know, he kind of came up with the system, but the the thing that he did though was he tried to stick with the things. Uh, it was. It was I, I could be speaking for you. I don't know, but it was almost like he looked and he went, <coughs> "Okay, so these are the systems w- that we explored. What are the things we liked best about each of them?" And then found a way to mash them together. I mean, the big thing
1: is once we determined that we wanted a target number, like um, kind kind of like Power by the Apocalypse has. Right. Power by the Apocalypse have like the, those tiered numbers. Yes. That was my way, <laughs> honestly, because I was kind of really pushing for that Power by the Apocalypse system, uh, and then uh, Ryan just wasn't. Getting it, it is a hard buy. I think yes. Power by the Apocalypse, especially if you're coming from a more traditional place, uh, it's a hard sell, mm-hmm. uh, at least initially. So what we came up with was uh, was this target number, right?
0: I think so, that works really well. For and that's
1: too. Uh, so so the GM uh, or the Some people storyteller hate
0: target numbers, but I feel like target <clears throat> numbers work well thematically in a game where you're targeting people with your guns. You know, like it feel it doesn't feel.
1: Well it puts the it puts the dice most the dice rolls mostly in the hands of the players but not a hundred percent but not a hundred percent so most of the die rolls are going to happen with the players but if you're um, shooting somebody but if you're else, shooting someone else then it's contested, then, then it's contested. okay um, so that was i mean that's essentially it, and then honestly uh from there we looked at like how to make the system uh, a little more robust um because as i as I've said before, this idea it, I really like the idea of like a character sheet. You get the character sheet, you check off a few boxes, and then you're, you're done. done, right? Um, that's not quite what we have, but but it's not so complex that it's going to take more than like ten or twenty minutes. Oh, to, you know
2: what? After uh, after Ryan gave me one of the, the like the playtest packets when he was first making those, you could make a character if you know <clears throat> anything about role playing games and about. Ten minutes. Yeah. Tops.
0: Yeah. Tops. Did, when, Five
2: if you've looked at it twice. Yeah. I did
0: a playtest at Lexicon a couple a few years ago and instead of showing up with pre-gen characters, I actually let the people make characters. And so I had we were there maybe 90 minutes total. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had four people who had actually never gamed at all before ever. Like, they were board gamers. <clears throat> they never right. played a tabletop RPG. And they made characters, and it was not confusing, and we did not spend six hours doing it, and, and still had time to run the whole the whole adventure. Which, to
2: be fair, even in 5e d, people who don't know what they're doing, it can still take a minute.
0: Yeah. And that was the other thing, because that was important to me, uh, on a personal level, is because one of the things that my wife, who will remain, who will remain nameless, Carrie, the thing, uh, which one, Ashley? the thing that my wife hates more than Rob? anything else in the universe is character creation. Oh my God, I hate it so much. And so, so it was important that it not be hard. Um, and and the other thing is that uh, one of the things that we all and this I'm, now I know I'm speaking for all four of us, like we think that characters should be a little more than just. I picked numbers. Right. right. Like we think a good character should have like some history and mm-hmm. where did they come from and stuff. And so I love your baggage.
2: Yeah. And so we do. you did- personally, but also the game. Right.
0: So we <laughs> created this part and parcel system where like, uh, and that takes, it's got roots in the old uh, Last Unicorn Game, Star Trek game, where you had like life packages where you yeah. had to pick what kind of childhood did you have? And then you pick what do you do for a living now? Right. And so those kind of give you the starting basis for what skills you have. And then, you know, and then you get like uh, you know, a, a handful of points then to put wherever you want to make, make the character your own.
2: So, what I thought was fascinating about, like from a crunch perspective, is that after you built all those, you realized that everybody in the whole world is going to want to know how to shoot. So, you just gave them firearms. For that's
0: play. right. Yep.
2: <laughs> You're so, like, yeah. you know what? Everybody's going to want at least one level one of,
0: of the, firearms. One of the, it was actually. And that's one of those problem. things that
1: came out of playtesting. Right. right. It
0: was a problem in playtesting is that. In this weird way, it <clears throat> focused every character into being the same because right. everybody thought every, it's yeah. a western. Pew pew
2: pew. I've got to be a gunslinger <clears throat> at least one of these. And so
0: they were all picking packages that gave them. They were all picking their life packages based on you know making sure they had enough pistols, enough enough <clears throat> firearms. And so we we discussed for a long time like how do you how do we address that right? And then we just decided you know what the the planet of of hell is a tough place. Everyone there knows how to fire a gun, and so we just made it so that no matter what life package you get, you also get one star in firearms at that in that stage. That way, everybody could shoot a gun. And,
2: and to be fair, aren't the people that uh, you're playing, they're not just regular denizens of hell. They're hellions, right? They're right. special.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would hesitate to go so far as to say, like, they're mutations, but I mean, I guess technically they, they kind of are.
2: Because as a group, they get access to weird power things that yeah. aren't, like, explicitly powers? Is that cru- true, or they are explicitly...
0: I think they're kind of explicitly powers. <clears throat> so okay. they're they're called burdens, because having the ability to do something special is not always a good thing. You I know, understand. You're I with feel the same way. With great power. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, you're burdened with the responsibility to use it, uh, you know, as opposed to just, like, not letting anybody know. Like, there's this, You're drawn to other Hellions. <clears throat> um, so, so the way I... I see that is
1: that the the planet they're kind of the protectors of the planet, right? Because yeah. this bad thing happen? So so yeah, they they are powers in in that respect. Um, I like the
2: idea that the the planet is somehow lending them power. That's interesting. I, yeah.
3: I always assumed that the levitite was just
0: poisoning them.
2: <clears throat> yeah, then we're all going to die you short, violent it lives. Yeah. yeah,
0: you know that's that's the the glory of the unreliable narrator. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's the thing. I think that's one of those things that as we talk through things, there are things that like exist in our mind that don't necessarily get put into the book. Right? So right. something
2: I think is interesting <clears throat> is like uh, the idea, are the robots sentient? Well, they're hellions, so something but they, is definitely and, and going And that's on. why I
1: say they're kind of like the power, the protectors of the planet because they weren't alive before right. they were. Right. Um,
0: and, they, and they weren't alive before they were on hell.
1: Yeah. They right. were just machines. Although I hadn't thought about the idea of levitite poisoning. <laughs> I
0: like, thought that's uh, how it worked
1: too. <laughs> have we not had that <laughs> discussion that levitite was a problem? Maybe you and I, I mean, did. Maybe you and I the did. that's the problem. It's we just need to some make people problem. are born and have and have the ability, they, they connect with the levitite. Well, in so a that means way, the Sarls right? had it. Did not were were hellions before or not
3: or maybe they were?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Maybe because the, the don't the world, know the world, the world is different now. That's true. The world has changed. It's not the same world that they lived on. All right, okay, hey Jason,
3: fair. you and I are just going to write some fanfic. Oh, All right, well, we're so, going to
1: write
2: uh, 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 what, what are we going to call our knockoff game? Our generic <laughs> version. <laughs> It's the like the Pepsi holster. version of uh, you watch you
0: <laughs> shot your the
2: pistol belt. <laughs> ah. The gun bandolier. We, the RC Cola
0: version. How about right. that? Levitite is this mineral that's found <laughs> on the planet, and it floats, and that is what creates all of the magnetism and the the levitation and things like that 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 occur on the planet. But uh, you know, several hundred years ago there was only a little bit of levitite on the planet. And something happened that caused, like a, a meteor or something, struck the moon above the, above the planet, and that moon fell down onto hell. <clears throat> and the moon was comprised of a ton of levitite. And so when the moon crashed down onto the planet, it spread and buried all of this levitite all over. And so when you ask, you know, were the sorrels always... Were the sorrels all always hellions? The answer is no, because there was not always such a huge, high concentration of levitite on the planet.
2: So it's more that it's a natural disaster.
0: It's a bit of a natural disaster. And then there's also the industrial revolution that is happening where they're mining it and processing it. And so it gets into the air and it gets into everything. And uh, it's being used so much uh, that, that it's everywhere. And so people are just exposed to it much more.
2: So, I, I, obviously, both of you are pretty thoughtful, well, well-read guys. I
0: am not thoughtful. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm,
2: I, well, I don't mean that in like he's I'm a polite. thinker. I'm yeah, a thinker. he's a thinker. That's fair. He's a thinker. Not always a good Our dogs are really one. clacky. Yeah, t- it is a bit. Well, it's your fault for getting more dogs. The last time we recorded, we didn't have this many dogs. We have two. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, what are you trying to say?
0: What is the purpose of Gun Belt? What, do you, what is the theme so there are a few themes going on in the Gumbel. The obvious one is, is this sort of damn the man kind of thing where the, the government is also a corporation and they run the entire, uh, the entire country, so to speak, as, as if it were a company town back in like the mi- coal mining days. Uh, and so there is a bit of sort of this oppressive, greed-driven authority element. And so damn the man is probably the, the easiest one to spot. Okay. When we run the gum belt, um, there's also uh, Pam the man yeah. saved the Levitite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was
1: just thinking that. Yeah. I mean, that's the big one. But there's also, I mean, there's the basic one: cowboys and robots riding dinosaurs. So, I the mean, cool, just being. I cool. mean, just, yeah. I mean, there's like that idea of just the the cool factor of 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 what we want to do. We want to have adventures. So right. there's there's an, there's also we're on this planet. So there's a theme of exploration. Right. Because while. The, the like Levicore area is this certain spot. There's also like this wasteland area that no one's gone into because bad things happen there. But there's Rant also Scorpions. like these these jungles. Yeah, there's um, a whole planet. There's a whole planet to, to explore. Um, if you
0: wanted to go that route,
1: there's themes of exploration. There's themes of uh, almost Robin Hood esque themes right? uh, where you're there's this protection of the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of goes through it uh there's, there's
0: a, a gentle environmental theme which with i say gentle because i don't want people to think that this is a book about climate change i, I was Road gonna going say that, not that's not what we're trying to i thought that was the core
2: theme of the game really yeah because think about it you've what, been playing it wrong uh probably mm-hmm. from okay so <laughs> yeah. i've read several but versions if
0: Levitite is poisoning people <clears throat> it's not just that
2: what's wrong with the uh the homeworld? Right. The fact that it's out of water, and it's out of water because of exploitation by the, this big company. Right. And then this big company is now exploiting a new planet that has a new resource that it is also controlling, and it is also harming the environment of the place. Right. And also, you're in the myths of recovery from a natural disaster. Yeah. And everybody's taking advantage of that.
0: And, you know, they've got this, this weird thing where the Levitite is poisoning people.
2: It, well, but I mean, the, but I thought we all knew that. Sorry. Was that
0: something we talked about before? There's a, but there's certainly this element, though, of, of except uh, the robots. Like there's, there's a there's a religion on the planet called Horizonism, and part of that religion is sort of accepting this idea that that the planet they call it Chakuda, the planet uh, that Chakuda is like the spiritual entity of. The, it's sort of a Mother Earth kind of sense. This is Gaia, so to speak. When you kind of take all of that and wrap it in together into this world, there is an element of like the planet screwed up. Are Hellions being created by the planet to uh, to stop Levacor or to save the people or to lead the people to, you know, to heaven or something? What is like nobody really that that's a there's a big question. Like, why are Hellions there? Okay, where are they coming from? You know, what's what's making robots come to life?
2: I'd forgotten that the planet had another name. I, I swear, it has three names.
0: It has three names, which can be a little confusing when we talk about it.
2: Yeah, of course. So the the Very religion, Martian Chronicles,
0: the religion, and the Sorrels who existed before the the moon fell. So its right. first name. Its first name was Chokuna <clears throat> Okay, and then the uh, it's a given the, name. Right, it's and then name. the nice. when the humans and the Howlers arrived on the planet, uh, you know they, they named it Weston.
2: Because mm-hmm. Easton is the homeworld. Easton's the home world. Yep. They and come now from we're
0: back out Weston. And, yeah. And yeah, really, our, really that's Westerns the reason later. why it's like that. <laughs> so we could say
1: yeah. uh, out, Easton, out so is, Weston and back Easton. Yeah, right. Okay.
0: And so, uh, you know, I mean, because this is kind of, there is a, the thematic elements of Western expansion. Right. Right. You know, it's not gold, but it, there is a levitite rush occurring. Sure. Right. And so those, those are, are very Western elements to it. Well,
3: and, it's almost like you're spoofing it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah.
0: Once everybody arrived there uh, and, and sort of figured out, well, it, it's dry and dusty and, and there are anim- dinosaurs here that will eat you and the government sucks and this place is hell. Yeah. And so they just started calling it hell. Yeah. And I
1: think I like one that. of the things that that we kind of talked through is is like you understand when something is propaganda if the planet is called Weston. Right. And you understand if it's like just the the local people talking if they call it hell. Yeah.
0: So, and, so and if, if, if you it's... run into,
1: in the game, if you run into someone that is a Levicore person, they're going to use the word Weston. They're going to yeah. use the name Weston. So you can, so you can add that into the play also.
2: Tell us about the different groups that you can play. Uh, like you can be humans and what else?
0: So the, there are four species that you can play. Two
2: sentences only.
0: What? Two sentences? So you, you heard me. You could play a human. Right. You can play a howler, which is like they are they are like coyote people. Okay.
2: And they're Um, very mechanically inclined, is that correct?
0: So inclined is not the right word because that sounds like if you if you play a howler you get bonuses to your and you do not mechanic stuff. You're not. As a culture, they are obsessed with engineering, engineering. yeah. Okay. Like they don't have like they're pop stars, they're rock stars that they celebrate. Our engineers and gadget, you know, gadgeteers. Right. So the next one you could play are sorrels. Sorrels are the native species. They are a, a race of uh, they are sort of dinosaur lizardish peoples. They were the group that uh, were on Hell back when uh, when the moon crashed and uh, and they became a very isolated group of survivors in just a few few cities that were didn't really talk to one another and things. And when uh, when Levicor arrived with the humans and the Howlers. So the Sorrels basically saw the arrival of of Levacor as like an opportunity for for all of their people to come back together again and and try to reestablish uh you know communication with one another and become you know a a, a group again. Right. Uh and so they they welcomed Levacor uh and uh and then the fourth species that you can play are bots and uh bots did not arrive on hell um, what happened was after being on hell for, you know, fifty or sixty years, uh, exposed to all of the Levitite, suddenly one day a robot just woke up and became a real person. And so uh so you could play you can also play a bot and uh they are uh you know, they're basically they're robot people.
2: Robot people they're who, who gain sentience from exposure to whatever's happening on hell. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: I I remember that one particularly because Carrie played a very memorable one in one of our playtest sessions. What is your favorite Western trope Ooh. that you've put into the game?
1: Honestly, probably um like a train heist. Oh, yeah, okay. The, because it's the, like,
2: a theme of the game is that you could do a train yeah, heist. Yeah, you could do it. Uh Okay, so here's a, a since you both like Western tropes, do you prefer the uh, Italian cowboy movies or, like, the John
0: Ford style? Okay, so I have a confession. You, you don't like Western I movies? I don't like Westerns. What? But you
2: love <laughs> Western, like,
0: I just, media. I just built this game about, that was Westerns, and I just have never been a Westerns guy. Quick, what's your favorite LARP?
2: <sighs> Werewolf
0: the Wild West, right? You talk oh, about man. it all the time.
3: Let's reframe that
2: question. <laughs> yeah.
3: What's your favorite Western movie?
2: Once Upon a Time in the West. It's good. It's good. I prefer the good, the bad, and the ugly, but that's just because the I,
1: ending scene is amazing. I just love the vastness of it, right? I mean, and I think when when I was coming to this, I was thinking a lot about about that, about how you like have this desolate, almost desolate mm-hmm. wasteland where you can have a shootout and uh, a shootout with a you know a robot and a coyote person, right? Right? Um, and I just love that idea of the like the desolateness of this world. And so yeah, Once Upon a Time in the West is I just love that movie. But at the same time, I also really like Tombstone. I mean, Tombstone's good. Tombstone a very different feel, mm-hmm. not an Italian uh, movie, but uh or it's Spaghetti Western. But it does have that. I mean there are thing, and and I think there's there's this idea of like the lone cowboy for lack of a better term. Right. Uh, and then there's this idea of like the the, the posse,
2: right? It comes um, more from like the samurai tradition, yeah.
0: Right. The thing I love most about westerns is the sense of desperate people rising to heroic actions. Right. Okay. That's the okay. piece. If 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 I was pressed, that is the west. Like the the. I have a few westerns I do really like. As a whole, not a fan of westerns. I've got like three or four though that are. Pretty high up on my list of all-time favorite movies. Okay, but then I wouldn't tell. I would tell you that I don't like all the rest of the westerns.
2: So let me t- tell so, us what those are. But
0: like, like High Noon. Okay, I I love High Noon. Yes, uh, you know I love uh, um, I love both versions of Three Ten to Yuma.
2: Okay, but
0: the other one I really like is The Quick and the Dead.
2: Okay, and and again, so I'm, you like the more of the modern uh, late nineties, early well, two thousand ones? I mean,
0: High Noon. Nothing wrong with them. High Noon is black and white. <clears throat> Yeah,
1: I'm just saying two. the other two. There's also High Moon with uh, with Sean Connery.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, was, so that was uh, High Moon was one of the original name kicking arounds for this game. I
2: like High Moon. So
0: yeah, the problem with the, what we discovered, the big thing we discovered though, is that High Moon has been used by everyone.
2: Right there's a, there was, it was a webcomic
0: comic and a werewolf. I was gonna say it just book. sounds yeah. like a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So I'm fairly certain it, it was
1: there was a movie too. Uh, with uh, Sean Connery. I don't
0: know, but it's everywhere. It, it, it was turns out Wolf? to be everywhere. So.
1: No, but he was on, in a space station and it was basically High Noon in Space.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Now I've got to look that up. I do remember him being in a space movie that was kind of like that.
1: It, it may not be called High Noon, but. But it should have been. It should have been. That's the that.
2: subtitle now, or whatever you call it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right,
3: so what is the coolest thing that you've learned? while researching for this game because i i know for a fact that ryan has done a bunch of research and every time he finds out something new he goes oh i never tell me you know let me tell you about this thing so like what's the thing you didn't know before and know now that you think is kind of i have a
1: huge list well i mean I, i think we talked a lot about like we did a lot of research on like um Mother Jones and yeah. kind of what what she did during that time, and we so we, we
0: well let, let's tell who what that is. So yeah. Mother Jones was uh, a she was the lady that basically was responsible for all of the mining unions for the coal mines in like mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. So a weird thing is uh, one of the weird things about this game from a research perspective is that the Levitite Rush is modeled after the Gold Rush, but you don't really in the Wild West you didn't really mine for gold, you panned for it. Right? right. And so and LevaCor is a corporate government like what coal companies were in mining towns, right? And so we actually ended up doing a ton of research on on coal mining history and company towns in the coal mining industry from the thirties. Right. Right. So so anyway, so Mother Jones was this woman who kind of spearheaded the, uh, the revolution for, for mining unions.
1: Uh, one of the things, I mean, in terms of like just finding neat things, uh, YouTube algorithms will throw you things. When you start looking for like <laughs> yeah. Western Absolutely. things, they throw you other Western things. right? One of the coolest things, and I sent this to you a while back, uh, there was uh, this recording, audio recording maybe, of someone from like the 1950s. But they were born in like the the like 1870s, right? So they had like witnessed a lot of these things that all these these Western movies right were done. So it was like it was a hand account of gold mining, and I think like he had like been at the same place as I don't know, Jesse James or someone like that, where it was all these things like that. So I think seeing how that really was, and and uh, looking at like those kinds of accounts and and firsthand sources of like maps mm-hmm. and things like that, the way towns were laid out uh, is really interesting to me, and I, I think incorporating those kinds of things uh, and then just the little tidbits of history mm-hmm. also that that we've kind of incorporated into the narrative of the game.
0: I literally learned last night that um, that doctors in the Wild West there were more doctors in the Wild West who had no training and were not licensed physicians than uh-huh. there were actual doctors in the Wild West. That uh-huh. well, makes
2: sense. Back then, you could
0: just tell people, hey, I'm a dentist. <clears throat> that was exactly... I've got these pliers. That was exactly it. They, uh-huh. it was. There were two types of doctors. There were doctors who were licensed, trained, and had experience, <clears throat> and then there were doctors who had a satchel of unsterilized equipment and the ability to convince anyone that they knew what they were doing. Oh, my God. The other piece to that is that doctors in the Wild West... Uh, were incredibly territorial. And they would gunfight one another to drive other doctors out of town. <laughs>
2: did, they, did they then try to save the other guy's life?
0: Uh, no, but they would make their first act as the only doctor in town signing the death certificate. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> there's a
2: long tradition There of needs that. to be... Uh, why is that not a television
0: series? I don't, that
2: would be a great we- uh, HBO series. And, right? Well, and
0: connected to that, you know, to talk about television series, the Dr. Quinn medicine woman thing right? is based on a... a an actual female trained physician that was in the Wild West. And
2: she gunned out a bunch of people? I don't know
0: if she gunned out I a bunch of people. I hope she he might did. that would make the show more interesting. Yeah. But it was but the, the thing with the doctors was was crazy to find that out. And and the reason that was okay is because uh, medicine, believe it or not, was not declared a science yet. Medicine, like actual medicine, not talking about medicine as a practice, but medicine as like pills. Mm-hmm. Medicine was actually practiced by pharmacists. Right. Who at that time were stealing all of their best ideas that worked from the Native Americans. Right. Yeah, They were using the the plants and herbs and those things. Uh, or they were using opium. <laughs> and then, uh, but doctors, they, they lived by, they had... Three words. Okay. Bleed it, purge it, and blister it. And basically, uh, the I mean, you know, we all know like bleeding. That was bloodletting, and bloodletting sure. was. I mean, that goes back even in the old thousands west? of years. But in the old west, they still did bloodletting. Wow, blood. I didn't know that. Yeah, in fact, one of the most famous doctor, one of the most prominent doctors of the time period, actually swore by the idea that if uh, bloodletting from uh, the arms or the feet or whatever was not effective, then you needed to uh, move on to the juggler. Oh, that'd take care of Very it. Very few people survived that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, the second one was, was purge it, which would be like you you give them, uh, uh, they would give you like lead or like something <coughs> that, that you would immediately evacuate your bones. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing was... Uh, was blister it, which was basically they would they would take cayenne pepper and they would grind it up into a powder <gasps> and then smash it into your skin on your wrist somewhere right uh, until it like burned you so bad that you formed a blister right and the reason they would do that is because the blister would hurt so bad you'd forget that your <laughs> leg hurt. That's fair.
2: <laughs> why would they do that when they had opium? Mm, right? I don't know.
0: But <laughs> yeah. doctoring was really more trial and, and error and, right? and experimentation in that time. It wasn't an actual science yet. It doesn't sound like it. So yeah. it's just weird. So that's <laughs> like the big, the big crazy thing that that I. That's why
2: so it. many people died in the old west. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: So my favorite thing that Ryan's told me oh. after he's uh, done research, right, is he calls me in one day and he's like, "Look at this," and he's got a picture of a canary. In a glass box. Oh yeah, like the canaries they used in the coal mines. Right, Right. and and this was the box cage that they would put the canary in, and they'd take them down into the mine to see when they were losing oxygen, and the canary would die. But it's not just a cage; it's a box. It's this glass box, so like it almost it looks real. Almost a steampunky. Right. right? It's
2: like a glass coffin.
3: Yeah. And I was like, this is really morbid. And he goes, uh uh-uh, uh, just wait. Let me explain this. Like in the very beginning, they would just have a canary with them. And if it in died cage. in a cage and it died, oh, well. but it would upset yeah. the miners. Yeah. Because they thought because of it. Because they're just at, little kids. No, well, 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 some of them. Right. Sure. But, but uh, because they looked at the canaries as like their like good luck charms or mm-hmm. their, their, their life
2: savers. Yeah were their or mascots. Their, they
3: were their mascots. And mm-hmm. so like they didn't want their mascot to die. So they put them in <laughs> they built these devices. And they'd put the bird in, and then if the bird passed out, they were able to
0: They would turn on turn, an oxygen tank. Yeah, they had a little
3: oxygen it. tank. So it's not a glass coffin, it.
2: It. it's an iron lung. It's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. And they,
3: and they would save their bird. And I just thought that was so cool. <laughs> I
0: love that. Pretty weird. It's weird, but it's cool.
3: Yeah. So So, anyway, so I Mm -hmm. thought that was very neat. It is cool. All right. So I would feel bad if I didn't mention Dig. Mm. That's the
2: card game, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. So we actually have done a small Kickstarter already for the Gun Belt, uh, but we did it for Dig, which is the card game that the miners and the gunslingers in the Gun Belt world actually play. When we were talking about mechanics, something that naturally came up, when we were like, well, what kind of mechanic could feel like, like Wild West, right? And obviously everybody thinks of, well, remember the first edition of Deadlands where
2: yeah, you played poker. Yeah, it's all poker hands. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and instead of rolling dice, you played poker hands. But then we also remember the second edition of, of Deadlands where they translated the whole thing into a dice system because nobody knew how to play poker. But the dilemma was was to play Deadlands, you had to first learn to play poker. Right. And so there was this high barrier of entry because you were basically learning to play a game so you could play a game. And so we didn't want to do poker like that. And so that's why that wasn't our mechanic. But eventually we realized that, like, one of the cool things is if I was playing – if I was playing a a Wild West sort of role-playing game and our characters, our our posse decided we're going to sit around a fire and and play cards for a minute, right – um, that would be a really fun opportunity for role-play. Right. The dilemma with that, though, is that a round of poker could take all night. Right. I, they don't always, but they can. That's what you – you don't want a long game.
2: You want something right. short and easy to learn. Yeah,
0: because what you don't want is the entire role-playing game session to be sitting around playing poker. Right. Right. You'd like it to – wouldn't it be cool if we did that for, like, 15 minutes? Right. And so we thought, well, what if instead of playing poker, they played, we created a game that they played that would only take about 15 minutes. And, and one of the considerations was, well, it needs to be something simple that like, our kids could play when they played with us and stuff like that. And so we, cre- we ended up creating Dig. And Dig is actually based on uh, the European rules for go fish. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of telling someone to go fish, you tell them to dig. Okay. Uh, and so we decided that to help raise money for uh, um, for the art in the book is we created this card game called Dig, and we uh, uh, we created the cards and made them look like the cards that the actual characters would use in the game. Okay. Uh, and so the face cards are all prominent NPCs, uh, leadership and from Levercore and things like that, and um, we created suits for them that instead of being spades, diamonds, clubs, Uh, and hearts etc so instead the suits are bolts cogs rocks and moons okay and and two of them are red two of them are black and the deck of cards is a 54 deck uh, because there's two jokers so Uh, it's pretty straightforward yeah so you could use those those cards to play poker if you wanted but uh, or rummy but they're really made to you know to play dig okay so and we so we did that kickstarter and it was really fun and hopefully that'll end up being a a stretch goal or an add add -on. on
2: so, Boy. wait, you, you're fixing to kickstart the game, too, so right? So we are,
0: yeah. Our goal is to kickstart it next month. Wow. So. That soon? Yeah, finally.
2: Yeah? Huh?
0: Weird, right?
2: <laughs> so, But the book is, so like a lot of Kickstarters, people have the book like 70% complete, but by that they mean 15 or 20% complete. Right. You're basically done with so writing, our, correct? Our,
0: the writing is basically done. The big thing that we'll be waiting on is, is going to be art and right. layout and design.
2: Then I have
3: one final question. Oh, no. What is your favorite dinosaur?
2: Oh, that's a good one.
0: Stegosaurus.
1: Oh, really? The yeah, brontosaurus.
2: Of course, it's the brontosaurus. There's no such
0: thing as a brontosaurus. Yes,
1: there is. There's a the brontosaurus whatever. again. I would say I would actually say the diplodocus, but that's because when I grew up in the '80s, I watched Dino Riders all the time. Dino <laughs> Riders was and cool. uh, they were always talking about the diplodocus, and it was yeah. the giant diplodocus on the good guy. Is that side. the one that had the
2: club on the tail? I can't remember.
1: It had the big tanks on it, so yeah, have yeah. The, yeah. <laughs>
2: I, I never got to watch Whoa. the whole series because we were desperately poor. But I had one VHS and I that's, wore it that's out. That's how. That's what I had. I, I think I had <laughs> one
1: or two of them. And they they had commercials in the yeah, Psycho had... toy commercials.
2: I, they, they, the toys didn't exist as far as I could ever find.
1: <laughs> they did exist. Did
2: I've they? Sold oh, some, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he's like,
1: he
0: collects them.
2: Of course, that's of
0: what course. I do. <laughs> Let's go to Rap. Right? please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end. That was the best interview we've ever done.
3: There was a lot of
0: bass in that music. Yeah, it was (laughs) a little weird. It's not great. (laughs) This this whole episode was based. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so there you have it. So you can find out more about the Gun Belt by going to thegunbelt.com, or you can find it on right now. Thegunbelt.com will take you to their Facebook page. I can't believe you've got Gun Belt. The Gun Belt. Oh, the Gun Belt. Okay. TheGunBelt.com. Even but too. yeah, we got it. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you can go to thegumbelt.com. Uh, truly, I honestly thought we were going to be the Gun Belt game or the Gun Belt RPG, but we are not. We are thegumbelt.com. Okay. Uh, right now, that'll take you to our Facebook page. Eventually, it'll probably point to our website that's being built, but. Uh, you can also find The Gun Belt On, on Facebook at facebook.com Slash The Gun Belt But also this podcast What You Yay! can uh, you can become an NPC By by helping to support the show On Patreon at patreon.com Slash Honor Roll Podcast You can also go to honorrollpodcast.com To visit our website Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com Slash Honor Roll Podcast Or we've also got a group On Facebook, that's where most of our talking happens. Uh, Please message us. We're desperate. (laughs) Facebook.com slash group slash honor roll podcast. And then Carrie runs a Discord for us. And what's the address for the Discord? Because I don't know it.
3: It's just Discord. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> great at Discord.
0: Discord
2: something, <laughs> something,
3: something, roll podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honor podcast. If
2: you're a Discordian, you
0: understand how to. do You can this. go to Discord and search for Honor Roll podcast, or or us. ask on our Facebook group. Yeah, that's what I would do. You. And yeah. we're on Twitter at Honor podcast, and uh, emails and emails. You can email us at hosts at Honor Roll podcast. So anyway, uh, that is the show. We ran a little long, so we're gonna skip the. The goofiness tonight and just tell Everyone everybody gets that- gets XP. Yeah. the yeah, Hundred XP. Yeah. Dinner now. You had an I'm encounter starving. with dinner. Mm, <laughs> dinner. All right. Anyway, mm. uh, we hope everybody has a good time uh listening to this, and we hope that you will share this to everybody. Uh you or know, else. When, when you see it, please oh. share it. We'd love to have more listeners. Do not threaten people. Uh it yeah. works. It doesn't? <laughs> it does. We'll find I have
3: out.
2: gotten better results from being a jerk than I've ever had been being nice.
0: You've never been nice. Join us next week when our topic is, why is it that when you travel faster than light, you have to do it only in the dark? Until next time, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon, Jason the Favorites here, and Carrie the Legend is here, Woo. and we will talk to you soon. Remember, the only way to win a role-playing game is to have fun. The
1: only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on a road again, tabletop, lot, motion, everything. I found